You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of Take About Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Tokash. Today is so exciting for me. Last time I talked to all of you, um, I didn't realize what was going on and what my week was going to be like, but it turned into a fantastic week full of fun surprises and so many fun events. Um how do I, I don't even know where to begin. Last week was just so crazy. Uh, it started off going to uh, Maxon Essen's Tavern on the Green uh, concert, which was absolutely incredible. I may have talked about it. It was like on the cusp of what I recorded last week. So I may have talked about it already um, on last week's episode. But I just want to say again, I mean, he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on the show. Um, I want to have him back on or doing something with us again. Uh, he's the best. His concert was just absolutely incredible. He sang a bunch of Golden Age songs, which was like so magical because those are the songs that have kind of gotten like lost in the modern world. I don't know why, but they're just like the youth, I guess, of Broadway and also like my generation in general just listens to a different type of music and we're used to like this fast pace like Hamilton and uh Dear Evan Hansen and more just like upbeat going and just for Max on Essen to like take us back in time and kind of just give us a performance to like remember the roots of Broadway and remember how this all like began and just throwing it back it was just so it was beautiful and it was honestly a night that a lot of people needed and uh including max because max was just so happy and uh, i got to talk to him a lot afterwards and uh he was just saying like what a magical night it was and how he was so so excited and of course he had allergies of an outdoor event and he was so bummed but you definitely could not tell it was like it was just amazing he sounded amazing uh it was like he sometimes like would go into his head voice and I was like oh my god I thought Max was like a belter and like his head voice sounded like just as good as his belt and I was like how dare you like it was just like it was so good I was so proud of him I was so happy for him and he was just saying like how much it meant to him to be back and performing again um it was just it was a really great night and then um, I had a couple things on Wednesday. I had this, of course, I had to record for last week's episode. And then Thursday, I planned on going to the Antonio Cipriano show, which you all t- heard about last week. And um, I, I didn't give my like review, I guess, of it. Um, but I told you I was going and 
on Thursday, right, I'm hanging out with friends. And on Thursday, I we receive a text like, oh, hey, do, do, should we go to like Passover? Like it's their second preview. It, it's open now. Like, should we go try and check it out and see like how much tickets are and everything? And we were like, oh my God, we so should. But I was like, wait, I can because I'm going to Antonio Cipriano show that night or, or tonight. And um, they were like, oh, like what time is it? And I was like, uh, it's at 9.45. And Oscar Williams, shout out Oscar Williams and Skylissa Friedman, who were with me, uh, they were like, oh, wait, I think Passover is like pretty quick. Like, why don't we look up the runtime and maybe you can make both. And I was like, um, that would be amazing. But like, I feel like it'd just be like pushing it and whatnot, whatever. So we looked it up and it was going to be 80 minutes. So I was like, great, I'll have 20 minutes in between to be able to walk two blocks to 54 below. So I was like, great, I'm in, let's do it. And we, I saw, and we all did, we, we all saw our first Broadway show in almost two years. I walked into the theater and instantly my heart was like racing. My stomach was like in a pit just because of like, it was like nervous, but it was excited. And it was like feeling all the things like literally and like total, like I, I didn't have tears come out of my eyes, but I was teary eyed from the minute walking in to smelling the theater, to the coldness of the theater, to getting a playbill again. It was like, I honestly, I relived my first Broadway show all over again. And it was just something that was so magical. And it was something that I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity of not only to relive my first Broadway show, but also to be in a Broadway theater again. Um, And it just like, brought me back to so many feelings and it brought me back to realizing why I love to do what I love to do, you know? And it was just like such a great feeling, something that I definitely needed in my life. Um, Passover, (sighs) it was just, I I don't know where to begin. I, I don't know if any of you watched it on Amazon Prime. I told you all that it was on Amazon Prime. I watched it for school, actually. I watched it on Amazon Prime, and it was, like, really, really good. And I was like, this is amazing, and hopefully it comes to Broadway. It did. It came to Broadway, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to see it on Broadway. I see it on Broadway. It's, like, ten times better than what I saw on Amazon Prime. Not only because, like, you know, it's live instead of, like, on a ten like an eight by 10 computer. I don't even know what the dimensions are of the computer. Um, But like, yeah, you know what I mean? Just like on a small computer screen, now I'm seeing it live. But they changed the whole show. They like literally changed the ending. They changed parts of the middle. They changed a lot of, um, okay, I'm gonna try to like sum this up without giving it away, but they changed the dynamic a, a lot, actually, between the two black men and the white guy. So it's a three-person show, and it's about, like, the two black guys who are homeless and kind of the, the dynamic of a black relationship between two white men and their them being homeless. And then a white guy kind of comes in, and it shows the fear that they have of white people and, like, 
especially like living on the streets, you know, they could be cops, they could be undercover, they could be whatever. When this white person comes in, he is like taken aback of like how scared they are. Like, not scared, but like how worried because he didn't mean anything by it. And it kind of just shows the relationship. But it kind of came back and back around in the end that he did have malintentions. I'm talking about the white guy um, on these black guys to kind of take advantage of them. And um, yeah, and kind of just be just be rude, just kind of be a jerk. And um, needless to say, it kind of showed the um, dynamic between black people in general with cops and white people and how they are uncomfortable and all these things and in the end the two black guys like prevail it 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 gives you a sense of hope uh for black people and uh kind of just like we're done taking this and we will we will rise up and we will defeat all of the negative uh, in the world and um i just thought it was so brilliant um they gave the white male a more um a more featured role and i really enjoyed that because it just played with that dynamic for a long time and literally it was almost a full like 30 minutes that they all three were on the stage together and that was something that was not in the amazon prime show um it was literally like a white person would walk by and they would just get scared but like to have that full lot like it was the to have the full um just scenario of a conversation and a whole um dynamic of like oh let me help you but like what are you gonna do to me if you're gonna help me like there's always something uh there's always a double meaning when someone helps me or whatever like it was just it was really really cool to watch and cool to witness but it also like it just played on your heartstrings so much to be like, wow, this is like what's going on. And this is a story for now. This is like going on right now. It's been going on for years. That was another really interesting thing. Okay. So in the playbill, when it, it, it kind of gives you like a time, a setting and a place. So for the time, it says now, right now, but also 1855, but also 13th century BCE. And then for place, it says a ghetto street, but also a plantation, but also Egypt, a city built by slaves, and also the new world to come, worlds without end. And I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like this is like, if that kind of like stuck with you from me reading you the playbill, imagine the full like, hour and a half show. Like it, it was just, it was incredible. It brought that discussion forward that uh, some people are rather shy to have that conversation. And it it brought that to light. It was just, it was really powerful. It really was. And uh, I recommend anyone going to see it. They are still in previews. I'm going to make it a point just because of how much it's changed from the Amazon Prime production to now here in the previews world on Broadway. I'm making it a point to go see it once it is officially open and kind of just soak in all of the changes and all of the dynamics that are added and cut. And uh, I, I'm really excited. I, I really am in love with the show. Uh, Cody Renard Richards, he's stage managing it. He's the production stage manager, actually. Um, so, I mean, with his 
incredible um vision and his work ethic and uh with his work ethic and his leadership you know it's bound to be a good show right but also just it's by Antoinette Nwandu and it's directed by Danya Tamor and I actually sat in front of them during the show and it was just it, it was cool to see their reactions too so what they loved and what they didn't and what they were taking notes on and what they were writing down you know before the show even began they already had two night two notes on their paper and one was the house lights are too dim and the other one was the music is too uh quiet and uh just it, it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing just to just to see all of it and um, sit behind them was kind of just an added bonus to, of my experiencing the show because it kind of gave me an inside scoop on what they were doing and what and how their brains were working watching the show. And it's very much how I like to enjoy my theater. Some people may find it distracting, but I it's something that I look for and I absolutely love. So go see Passover. It's at the August Wilson Theater. You won't regret it. It's where Mean Girls was previously. Um, but this show is so good. It's a limited run, so you don't want to miss out on this. It's so freaking good. I can't stress it enough, and it's going to be opening here very soon. Um, but that being said, so I, I'm watching Passover, right? And I see like 9.20, and I'm like, oh, show's supposed to be over by now, you know, like that's, eight, that's 80 minutes. And then I see 9.25, and I was like, okay, the show should definitely be over, okay? All right. So the show should be over. I should have been like on my way out already. Maybe watching Bows. Um, okay, whatever. It's okay. I'm gonna stay. I feel like it's ending soon. Okay. 9:30 hits. I'm freaking out. And I mean, I'm like, Eli, relax. It's two blocks away. You're gonna be fine. Okay. 9:35 hits. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Someone end the show. What is happening? And I, I'm not gonna give it away, but like, this is also the point in time where like everyone on the stage has basically stripped butt naked and I'm like it's 9 35 everyone's on stage butt naked and I've got to go to a concert in five minutes then 9 40 hits and I'm like oh my god I can definitely feel it's close it's ending soon and I don't want to leave early because that's just I hate that I hate that as an actor I hate that as a performer but it's all gonna be okay and then as I'm saying, like, to Sky and Oscar, like, I'm going to have to run as soon as this curtain comes down. So I love you guys, and thank you for this sponta spontaneous uh, theater trip to the theater. Um, they were like, yeah, 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 it's all good. We understand. And um, then the curtain, like, comes down that instant and i'm like thank god because I, and i check my phone it's 9 41 i'm like oh my god i have four minutes to go get my ticket at 54 below and be at 54 below like in time for this 9 45 concert and i was like i do not want to be the one guy who like comes into that theater late during a concert because you can see everyone in those like 54 below venues so I'm running to 54 Below from the August Wilson Theater. It's like a, it's like two blocks in an avenue. It's not that bad. But I'm I'm like running because I'm like, if I walk, I'm just definitely not going to make it in time. Uh, and I still have to buy my ticket at the will call. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to 54 Below and I, I run and I run into friends. And I'm like, 
I'm so sorry. I can't talk to you right now. I, I this is I'm like rushing to a show. I just got out of another, but I hope to see you soon. Whatever. And then I keep running and I keep running. I get to 54 below and it's like it's literally 9:44, and I'm running down the stairs. Oh, oh! First of all, I was going to I I, I arrived at 54 below and there's two people there waiting to check my like vaccine card and my ID and everything. So I'm like, oh crap! Like I gotta get that out. One second, one second. And I'm like, okay, I got it out. I got it out. I show them, and they're and and they're kind of like talking. So I'm like, I, I'm like holding it out, but they're kind of talking and like not paying attention. And I'm like, oh my god! Like, please just look at my card. And uh, they finally did. And I'm running down the stairs, and I I open the door, and who do I see? Antonio Cipriano, and they're like are you like Eli? And I was like, yes, yes. Um, hi, it's like so great to meet you in person. We met each other virtually on take a bow and all of these things. And we were talking and he was like, Oh, you know, like, yeah, we were just waiting on a couple people. And I was like, Oh, I was probably one of them. So I'm talking and I'm paying for my ticket at the same time. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so excited for you to be here. And then we have another friend in there, Abby day Phillips, who's coming on the show in a couple weeks. Um, and it was just like, it was madness. So it was already 945 and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. They're holding the show for me. No one else came in after me. It's fine. I still like, I got here on time. It's 945. The show is going to begin. It's okay. Um, so we figured it out. I go, I sit down. The second I sit down, he literally just like pops in and they start the show. And I was like, oh God everyone i no one look at me um but no it ended up being an insane amount an insane night um i took so many pictures i took so many videos of the concert and him singing um he brought out some special guests renee rap of course Ugh, killed it um derek Klena was there um abby day phillips was there uh who else was there um, there were so many people. Oh, uh, Celia Rose Golden was there. Who was in Jagged Little Pill with him. Samantha Williams was there, who's going to be, um, Emmy in Carolina Change. And Celia Rose Gooding was there. Um, there were just so many people there. It was amazing. Um, the way Antonio was able to perform was just incredible. It blew me away, but also he was able to perform and he made it so much fun for everybody in the room. He made it super inclusive. He was talking to people during the performance. He was making us sing along with him. He was doing all kinds of things. He was looking at us kind of like dancing with us. And he was like, it was just... It was incredible. That night literally was amazing. And so to kind of go from like a play to like a musical, um, it was it was amazing. It was like the best night of my life. I saw two shows in a matter of like two and a half hours. Um, it was everything that I ever dreamed of for Broadway's return. Uh, and Antonio Cipriano, man, he's just so talented. I can't. And I had a great burger. That's like irrelevant, but I did. And um yeah, just Antonio Cipriano blew me away. He sang so many pop songs, but he also sang this insane musical theater medley that his musical director made for him. And Antonio Cipriano told him, figure out a medley of all the Broadway songs that you would want me to sing, and I'll, I'll sing it. And the musical director was like, okay, deal, but you're not allowed to see it before the show. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, 
he was like, I don't want you to see it before the show. I want you to s- sing it live while you find out what these songs are with everyone else in the room. And then Tony was like, oh my God, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Like, let's do it. I'm down. And it was literally probably the best night of the, it was probably the best, uh, a part of the night. And I have that whole thing on video. So patrons look out because I have some really exciting content coming out for you all. And it's exclusively for you. So if you're not a patron already, do so sign up because I'm currently making very special content of all of the videos and all the photos and kind of just like a, a vlog of my week almost. Um, what, and you can also see uh, clips from these events that I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if that's even allowed, but like it's happening. So uh, keep it keep it hush. But uh, if you're not a patron, uh, go do so and you can get you can see all of these videos that I'm talking about. You can see pictures from Passover. You can uh, see videos from Max von Essen and Antonio Cipriano. Uh, we we have some very exciting content coming out. And and then to cap it all off, this week on Monday, I was at the premiere of the show Must Go On. And that is a a documentary of the two shows, the two shows worldwide that stayed open throughout this pandemic. There were only two. I'm surprised there were two, but um, there were two. And uh, it, it was mind-blowing just what was going on, who, how they were able to manage it all. Uh, it, it was magical. Truly, truly, it was magical. Um, it, it gave me so much hope, and it showed me that like, even in the height of the pandemic, where these two tours, where they were traveling, uh, were able to make it and make it successfully and do it safely. Um, it gave me a lot of hope for Broadway's return because it was kind of still like, oh, well, what's going to happen with the Delta variant? None of that is worrying me at the moment if we just listen and learn from others and kind of do what they did and model ourselves after that. Uh, it, it was truly, it was truly amazing. Uh, then they had, of course, live performances from Ariana DeBose, Sierra Bogus, Adrian Warren, Shireen Parental, uh, um, Ali Ewald, uh, Josh Groban was there, uh, so many people. And uh, I was able to host the red carpet for that, which was really cool. And I have exciting, exciting content from that. I was able to talk to a lot of people, um, kind of the people that I've mentioned, but of course, also uh, people like uh, Tamika Lawrence and Greg Hildreth. Um, to, oh, I was t- able to talk to like Salisha Thomas and Ali Ewald again. Um, Cody Renard Richard was there, of course. Uh so many people were there. Uh, it was so wonderful to be able to interview all of these people and t- kind of talk about the pandemic, but also talk about Broadway's return. Um, and of course, the shows that they are returning to and how rehearsals are going and everything. It's just, it, it was truly a, an incredible night. It, it it gathered so many people. It was a very exclusive event. So everyone kind of knew each other. It, was, it saw a lot of familiar faces. Um it, it was truly, it was truly amazing. And uh, it was cool to see a movie in a Broadway theater, which is what they were originally made for. Um, so to just throw it back again, uh, like kind of like uh, Antonio Cipriano and Max on Essen did, um, was a perfect way to kick off Broadway and just kind of go back to our roots and kind of be able to appreciate everything a little more. And I think uh, a lot of people need to do that. And folks, Broadway's back. 
and uh, it's beautiful. And I'm so excited for the return of Broadway and everything else that's going on uh, safely and happily in the world. So share a little joy, go see a Broadway show. Right now it's only Passover, but literally everyone is doing these concerts right now. So go see your favorite Broadway stars. Norbert Leo Butts is doing stuff. Jared Klena is doing stuff. All of these people are doing things at 54 Below, Tavern on the Green, wherever you may want to go like to New York as a concert venue. Green Room 42, Reeve Carney's doing stuff. Uh, Michael Lee Brown's doing stuff. Uh, everyone's doing stuff. So go check it out. I promise you, you won't regret it. And uh, just to have like a little 20 minute concert in your life right now really will go a long way. And uh, I mean, obviously these concerts are like an hour and a half. So it really, really goes a long way. But still just to have like a little something, even though it, it may not be a Broadway show, it really does go a long way for your health like as an audience member um i don't know i i haven't felt like this happy and this like excited to do a podcast and excited to be in new york again like uh, in a long time so um i just want to say thank you to everyone who made this week possible for me um thank you uh to Oscar and Sky for the spontaneous Broadway show. Thank you, Antonio Cipriano, Max Von Essen for providing entertainment. And thank you, Broadway Podcast Network, for uh, letting me host the red carpet of the Show Must Go On premiere. And you can go check that out on Broadway On Demand for the next, like, 72 hours. So don't miss out on that. And it's a documentary about the two shows that made it throughout a pandemic. It was Phantom of the Opera and it was Cats. And then it also is a documentary of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber and his fight to uh, get theater to return to the UK. So very exciting stuff. I recommend go checking it all out. Okay, so breaking news. I do want to just mention this really quickly. Just one, because she's a friend of the podcast and two, because it literally was announced while I was basically recording this. So uh, it was just announced that Beanie Feldstein will be starring in Funny Girl, okay, when it comes to Broadway. And this has been rumored for quite some time now, but no one was really sure of if that was the case. Uh, I know I've seen it in articles already, but just to see that it was official and just to see uh, her posting it and her kind of talking about it makes me so excited and I cannot wait to see her on Broadway again. If you missed her in Hello, Dolly, this is your chance to see her on Broadway because you will not regret it. Um, and it, what a role for her. Um, this is incredible. She's killing it. Congratulations, Beanie, on all your success. And uh, if you didn't yet... Check out our episode with Beanie Feldstein because it is one that you won't forget. Uh, you'll also be hearing a lot of stories about Bette Midler and everything else and her movies and everything. Just it, It's really good. So just go check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, but congratulations to Beanie Feldstein. Way to go. So happy for you. Uh, and I hope to have you on again for, uh, for a little reunion and talking about Funny Girl. So fingers crossed. Oh my goodness, I haven't even introduced our guests this week. So this week we have another two-guest episode. Last week was a hit with Ethan Slater and Nick Blameyer talking about their new musical. And so we thought, why not air another two-guest uh, interview? And this is with the Broadway husbands. That's Brett Shuford and Stephen Hanna. And they've combined for 12 Broadway shows from Wicked to American in Paris, Billy Elliot, Search of Soleil, Paramore, um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, literally all of your favorite Broadway shows. Um, I, I can guarantee you that one of your favorite Broadway shows 
they've been in. Um, there's been there was such great insight. I have not recorded this yet, so I'm recording this week's episode in the order that you are hearing it, which is very exciting for me because that's not something that I usually do. So I'm excited to see how this goes. And uh, I guess with that being said, why don't we turn it over to them? So Stephen Hanna and Brett Shuford, curtain up. <laughs> With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, 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 today I am joined by two guests who combined for 10 Broadway shows and many other like professional shows on top of that. Um, I don't know how they do it. They make it look super easy. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how talented they are, I don't know what will. Okay. And both of them happen to be like actually triple threats. And they also are kind of like sextuples threats because they also do like coaching and teaching and everything else um so you may know them as the broadway husbands and they've literally created a whole brand out of it and they also do a podcast on bpn so welcome to this special bpn crossover um welcome to take a bow brett shuford and steven Hanna. did i pronounce that right yeah, yeah perfect amazing amazing yes welcome to the show you guys i'm so excited hi, for you guys eli. to be here hi thank you for having us eli it's oh so my good god to be here so good to be here i i was telling brett and them before uh we we became we began recording that i feel like i know them just because like the little bpn like hangouts on zooms and whatnot uh, but it's so good to like finally like talk to you both one on one and kind of learn more about you guys and your story. Um, I like to start off my episodes by asking my guests like what kind of got them into theater. When Sydney Lucas was here, we were kind of like, "What was your ring of keys moment to the theater?" Mm, that's good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was. This is Brett. I was really young, um, like six, and I mm. just. I remember I watched musical movies, but then when my mom took me to see, you know, there was like a fair happening at a, you know, at the library nearby. I grew up in, in Southeast Texas and there were a bunch of kids singing songs like don't talk to strangers. And I never knew that people did. I knew they did it in movies. I didn't know you could do it in real life. And it was like this moment at six years old where I was like, oh, Oh my God, they, you can actually do that in real life. I want to do that. And I remember I just had a, like a visceral reaction crying and, 
and it was like this moment my mom thought I got stung by a bee because it was very dramatic but <laughs> once I like calmed down she was like what's wrong I said I want to do that and that was it that, and it's I, not a bee sting yeah <laughs> no <laughs> and I spent the rest of my I spent the rest of my life like pursuing theater yeah wow, wow. yeah you know it's interesting I, I I mean I'm sure I've answered this question this kind of question before and I but really, I don't know that there was one particular moment. I I um, started dancing really, really young. Like I started when I was three turning four. And it was like the one thing I wanted to do and the only thing that my mom didn't have to force me to do. Um, so I feel like I just always kind of knew that I wanted to dance. Um, right. And then at around seven, I got gifted a a VHS tape of um, the Barishnikov and Gelsey Kirkland Nutcracker. And so at that point, like, I, I think I just kind of was like, well, that's what I want to do. Like, it was like that kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of never looked back. I, I, you know, and I always did musical theater as a young kid also. So I just think I always knew I wanted to dance as long as I could. You know what I mean? Like, that was... Oh my god! I honestly don't think it was like one thing. I wish that it was, but I I can honestly say (laughs) that I've been dancing for as long as I can remember. Um, So I'm not sure what really sparked that, but I think it's definitely something that I was born with and that I just always felt like I had to do. Wow. I I love that we're all like kind of theater kids, you know, (laughs) we're all young theater kids at heart. And for those of you who can like, I don't know if anyone can see this video because you guys will obviously be listening through a podcast. But if you could see the video, you could see a whole shrine of Broadway memorabilia behind them, which is just so brilliant. It's from like all the shows that they've done, which is like, I don't know how they're fitting it all in a tiny New York City apartment. Um, I don't, is that where you guys live? We sure. actually don't, don't live in New York right now. We're actually, oh, really? Yeah, but we moved to Houston, Texas during the pandemic. The pandemic has oh my completely, God. our life has naturally changed our lives. Different. And we just kind of went it's along weird. for the ride. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, wait, I want to talk about this pandemic. Cause like, I mean, you guys have like, you guys are both actors. I mean, and now like we've been out of work. Like, how are you, like, what are you guys doing now to, um, how have you guys shifted in like the coaching side and the Instagram and all of that? Like, how are you guys like making ends meet? Well, I mean, number one, we moved out of New York, so we don't, it was so expensive living there during the pandemic and things kind of and we didn't really make a lot of effort. It just kind of happened. So we just kind of trusted. And we kind of went along for the ride. The we universe saying, to like guide yes. us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Stephen had been teaching ballet even before the pandemic was teaching ballet at a couple places in New York City. And then everything went virtual. So he started teaching ballet virtually. Um, but when we were doing that in a 500 square foot apartment, it was challenging <laughs> it was really challenging i mean like literally i was we would have to move the entire living room furniture around mm-hmm. it was ridiculous oh and then God. brett would have to go into the bedroom and in our apartment it was still winter but we only have one air conditioning that is in the living room and we were able to like flow it through to the bedroom but when we shut the bedroom door he would be in there and it would just be really hot mm-hmm. oh god yeah. <laughs> so we and i and i always had this side business that i started in like 2009 i was 
certified life coach and and a business coach for creatives. And um, I'd always just kind of did it as a side hustle. My primary income was acting. And then when when Wicked, I was doing Wicked at the time. And then when that shut down, I just started going full time, serving my community. And and luckily in the last year and a half, I've gotten a really nice roster of consistent private clients. And I've taught some courses online and it's been very gratifying. And it's, um, you know, it's it's nice to be able to, to kind of transition into something that I, I'm passionate about. It helps people. And we're still in the world of what we do, but it's just a different part of it, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, basically I, I kind of went full throttle online for a while. And um, uh, last year at this time we were asked, uh, or I was asked to come to Houston to a ballet school here and teach temporarily. And it was only supposed to be through August through December. And then we just ended up staying longer and uh you know and that's kind of what happened it just kind of naturally right. happened it's been weird it's it crazy. has been weird but it's been good if we and... think too much about it is weird but yeah. in the moment it yeah right like it feels yeah <laughs> well that's wonderful i mean you i know you guys always i i follow you guys on instagram obviously and you guys are always finding ways to stay creative and i abs that's what i love about it and now and you also like have like a brand hello of you guys and it's the broadway husband and like you guys are killing that too so like i figured like i don't know have you guys done a show together is this like kind of your show the broadway husband no that's the thing like we it kind of was born out of that thing where where steven because steven's skill set as a ballet dancer is so unique and then what i right. you know my musical theater like actor experience we never really coordinate like we've never booked a show together and i we was very rarely yeah. even have auditioned for the same things occasionally i mean like maybe like three things yeah maybe like, once or twice but, right but is that like an interest though? Like, would you guys want to be in the same show? I don't know. I mean, I think that if we were in the same show, <laughs> he doesn't want to because I think he. <laughs> I saw his face. I but I feel to. like I feel like if we were in a show, we would be totally in two different like parts, parts of, the of show. it. Yeah, we wouldn't even be. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't even see each other. See each other, maybe. Um, right. But but that's kind of where the the. I was like, you know, we're both so creative. We're both artists. Like, what, you know, we're instead of waiting for somebody to book us in a show, why don't we just create stuff together? And so that was really how the Instagram was kind of born. And um, and it's Amazing. crazy how it's it's grown, and um, and it is a great outlet for us when when we do it. I mean, there's days where it's really hard to be motivated uh, to get together or he's working all day and I'm working all day. And then he would get home. We're like, I don't want to make an Instagram reels right now. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's interesting too, because I mean, I'm sure, you know, doing the podcast, how hard it is to schedule guests. It's all equally, even when you live with somebody and are married to them, we have a hard time yeah. scheduling our schedule together to be creative. And, and when it's in a moment where we actually feel creative and not like forced to, to do it you know what i mean it's kind of a difficult thing but but we find a way and you know there's usually one of us that is like oh right we're doing it this is what we're doing this is like what's happening um you know so as long as somebody takes the reins we're okay right 
Well, that's the good thing. There are like two of you. So like if one's feeling unmotivated, at least maybe one of the other can like push them. And I love that. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. It's a teamwork. Exactly. It, it feels like you're part of a cast. Exactly. I love it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I literally love watching you guys on Instagram. I love your like Disney content because I'm like a huge like Disney World kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I love when you guys are What's talking about What's your favorite part, that. Disneyland or Disney World? I, I'm a Disney World guy. Right. But which park at, at, at Disney World is your favorite? Um, I would say Epcot, honestly. I like the different like worlds and like I, I do like Animal Kingdom though because I'm I'm a I love animals and like I know it's like I don't know how like they treat their animals or whatever, but like the safari rides yeah. and like the Yeti ride and like all of that, like that's my stuff. But my favorite part of like all of like Disney is pin trading. I don't know. I'm like a weird guy. Yeah, and I love roller coasters, but I'm obsessed with pin trading. I love the pin trading because it's just like yes. it's such a social event. Like you get to meet some interesting cast members and yeah, pin trading is awesome. Right? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm glad I'm not the only one. No one understands. I'm always like, do you have any pins? And people are like, what? what? Like, I'm like, um I, I swear it's a thing. Eli, I think we need to meet up at <laughs> yeah, Disney World. Seriously. Uh, I'm so down. I'm obsessed. It's like literally all I look forward to in Disney World. Like before the rides and everything, I'm like, we have to go find a worker who can like trade pins with me. Yeah, yeah I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, well, you guys need your own pin. Hello, Disney, we're calling. <laughs> we're calling. Who's listening? Um, Disney World, get on it. Um, so yes, we have, let's talk about some Broadway and let's talk about some shows. Um, Broadway's returning. I'm so excited for this. Brett, when Broadway shut down, you were in Wicked, right? Yeah. So are you, do you know if you're going to be returning or if like rehearsals are starting? What's going Rehears on there? Yeah, so they announced rehearsals are starting actually like next week, I think they start. And then oh performances start September 13th. But I made a difficult decision to not go back. Um, it, was, Got you. it was a challenging job. I was swinging. And yeah. I had never done the show before, and I was the first swing that they'd hired in the entire 16-year run that had never done the show. Usually, they'd brought swings from the tour, right? And um, and yeah. they were and they would keep they kept reminding me of that. You're the first swing we've ever hired who's never done the show, <laughs> and I was like, great. So the. I kept thinking they're going to be very compassionate. And they were like, why don't you know this yet? It's been a week. I'm like, um, I've, it was very high pressure. And, um, and I was down for it. Like in 2019, yeah. I was like, great. Okay, fine. I'm going to learn these. I had to cover nine tracks and I oh learned all nine tracks in three, four months. I went, I went on for all of them. And it was yeah. literally, it was like the week after I performed my final ninth track is when everything shut down. And wow, so much has changed in a year and a half. It was like, I, I would basically have to relearn everything. And right. it would be a lot of rehearsal time. And I've built a coaching business now that was like, I just wouldn't have, I, I, would, I didn't want to give up my coaching business and serving my clients in order to then be in swing land for the foreseeable future. So it was a hard, it was a hard decision because it's such a great job, you know, and it's, it's such a great show, but I am um, right. But yeah, I mean, recently just made that decision and 
we'll see where the universe takes us. <laughs> I mean, you have the credit. It's okay. Cool. <laughs> you know? said right? that. I was like, you did yeah. it. I got the poster on the wall, right? So. Right. That, <laughs> that's what matters. I'm obsessed. That's amazing. Um, I, I know. I saw that you, you were a swing, and I was like, like, how do they even, like, say a swing? I feel like you guys would be on every night for just a different role. I mean, like, yeah. it's such a demanding show, you it know? It really sure is. You, I mean, but, you get a lot of time. And it's a hard, I mean, and they have they run the show so, they run it like a really, like a machine because it's been around for so mm-hmm. long. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there's just high pressure, high expectations. They want the show to be perfect because it's such a demanded product that right. um that i those dance captains and those swings man at wicked are beasts like they're killing it yeah and i was like you know it's my eighth broadway show i think i can <laughs> i think i'm good for right. now i'm gonna just take a eighth step broadway back. Shows. Oh yeah i can't that is incredible <laughs> just casually threw that in i was like yeah no big deal right um <laughs> So it's amazing. How many dance captains does Wicked have? Is it just one or two? No, they have, I think they had three. Well, they have two dance captains and an assistant dance captain. I think that was. Yeah, because I was seeing that like when I was doing the research and I was like, saw the Wicked website and I was like, dance captain, dance captain, dance captain. And I was like, I mean, it makes sense with this show, but like I've never seen a show have this many dance captains. That's insane. It's it's, it's Um, interesting how it's broken down because i'd never been in a show that was kind of broken down the way it is they have these like they have these swings that are like just dance swings they have swings that are like character actor swings and then they have what they call crossover swings which are like the people that can kind of do both oh wow which was which is interesting like, that is you were that, did right? you have i was a crossover swing yeah but but it's weird because they I think initially I was supposed to cover 11 tracks and they, what? yeah. And they took two of them out because I looked because of oh, age. You were too old. It was too old. Yeah. They were like, you're oh, never going to go. Because like, how are you like, they wanted me to cover the wizard and Dr. Dillamond, but then also be like two right. teenagers at shiz. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's amazing. That's a lot. <laughs> but Very, you different. Can pull it off. Very different. You can pull it off. Right. Shave, wig. <laughs> right. Right. That's the beauty of theater, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steven, I mean, you have been literally in four of the most like iconic dance Broadway shows ever. <laughs> right. Hello Dolly, American in Paris, On the Town, Billy Elliot. I mean, it's just it's incredible your shows. Like I feel like it would be like every dancer's dream shows on Broadway, you know, yeah. and if they like want to go that route. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about like what it is like to be a featured dancer on Broadway. Wow. Um, it, you know, it, it's interesting because I came from the ballet world and um, it's much more, it's, it's everything, the ballet world and the Broadway world are so high. They have such high demands Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people from the ballet world, I think, think that dancing on Broadway isn't as demanding and, um, you know, the schedule is more intense. Um, the repetition clearly is more intense because you're doing the exact (laughs) same thing all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. That's honestly what it is. It's, (laughs) it's, um, long days. Um, the majority of the shows that I've done 
Um, well, no, that, that's not true. So Billy Elliot um, backstage was very tight there, right? There was like, oh, and yeah. I, I danced very hard there. It was, a, it was a hard show. I did a lot of stuff in the ensemble as well there. And the ensemble stuff was very difficult also. Physical, physical yeah, yeah. and yelling and it was a lot. Um, and then, you know, the dancing that I did in the show is also very difficult. Um, and there was really nowhere to warm up in the Imperial Oh, when there are 50, like probably 50 plus cast members and half of those cast members are children. So then there's Wranglers (laughs) and then there's the crew, you know what I mean? So there's just a lot of people backstage. And, um, so being a dancer on Broadway is like, you have to get up in the morning at least for me, I would have to always go and take class so that I would be prepared because I just always knew when I would get to work, like I really w- wouldn't be able to prepare the way I'd actually want to. So I'd have to feel like I'd always say like, I want to set it and forget it and just like get there and like trust yeah. that it's there a little bit. Um, so right. it, it's honestly a lot of hard work. Um, but the good thing about it is that I always loved performing and um, there's always that no matter how hard it is, there's always that like moment of satisfaction at the end of a hard day. And when you're performing on Broadway eight times a week, even when you're like the most tired, you always get that. um, And I don't even know that it's necessarily from the audience. Um, It's, it's more about like an internal thing. Like you've made it, you did it. And now you can (laughs) like kind of exhale. Um, and I kind of like thrive on that a little bit. So for me, it was always, um, you know, like a built in, um, prize or, you know, a a built in, you know, a a job, a job that was rewarding, you know, um, but it's a lot of hard work, um, a lot of dedication. There's, you know, there's a lot of performing on Broadway. I think in any capacity, you have to learn how to just show up and be present. I think that's probably the hardest thing. And um, because once you can just show up and like leave your thoughts at the door um, Mm -hmm. and just take in what's around you and do what you're supposed to do, it's really easy, right? Right. But when you're not present and you're fighting thoughts in your head and you're thinking about who knows what or you're, you know, second guessing yourself or whatever. But so as long as you show up and be present, it's really the most fun and rewarding job ever. Um, It's just getting those other thoughts out of your head to do your job well and easily. (laughs) And it's challenging. Right. I'm sorry. I just want to go back because this still like is like mind blowing to me. You would go to a dance class every day before just about so especially you know so i just come from the ballet world where that that is what i did you know we would take class every day and then rehearse for like six hours and then do a performance at night um (laughs) so i was used to that and then when i joined billy when i started doing billy elliott like i said there was really nowhere to warm up and like i was i had a quick change before the big ballet so like we started the second off second act off in Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. And so I was all underdressed and I had this like really, I had like a green shirt on and like a kind of like a brown and gold tie, you know, mustache. I think I was smoking, you know, and then I would <laughs> run off stage, quick change, and then be like, oh yeah, ballet mode, ballet mode, you know. And um, it was always dark. The show, like I said, was super crowded. All of a sudden there's no one on deck. 
it's pitch black and it's just me. And you're just like, oh God, here we go. Um, you know, right. so yeah, so I would want to get up, take class. Um, yeah, but for him, like taking ballet class is like brushing his teeth. Like, you know, if he goes, if he goes like two or three days without a ballet class, he's like, oh, I'm so fat. I'm so out of shape. Like, just, no. no, seriously. And that's, <laughs> oh my God. So it's just like part of his routine. He's done it for so long, you know? Yeah. I mean, that is true. Yeah. It is true. Um, that's just, that's the life of a ballet dancer. It just becomes a habit. Yeah. yeah. Your body doesn't get tired. Oh, yeah. I feel like when I have, yes. oh, it does. Okay. I was going to say like when I was doing eight shows a week and I had two voice lessons instead of one, my voice was just shot by the end of the week. And then you do a class every day. It just blows well, I my mean, mind. You know, it wasn't like I was going in there and doing everything that was in the class. Some days mm. I would leave early. Some days I would stay and do everything. You know, it just depend, depended on how I felt. And then obviously on the weekend, um, on a two show day, on a two show maybe, day on Saturday, would I would probably not take. Right. Um, but you know, or he'll go, or he'll go like to the theater and give himself a bar. You just do something, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I, I always struggled. I mean, now that we're talking, I always struggled with trying to find that balance um, of feeling ready enough and not wearing myself out. Yeah. And I learned the I'm hard sure way. You did too. I'm sure you That's did too. I, went, I learned the hard yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Life of eight shows a week. You learn the hard way sometimes. You right. like do something and then you get there and you're like, oh it's my like God. also like, how much can I eat between shows? Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> what can I eat between how, shows? I want pizza. Right. And how much time do I need to give that. myself to digest before I put my Right. On. Yes. That is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's that lesson of balance. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, how does it like okay so as like a dancer i'm not a dancer okay so i'm uh, genuinely curious about this like you have to be so in in touch with your body you know like how how do you listen to your body like you were saying like finding the balance like how do you do that <laughs> yeah um i think that oh, yeah. I, I think that there are some <laughs> days that i mean i'm I clearly am aware of everything, you know, like physically mm -hmm. I can feel the pain or not feel the pain. Um, you know, it's interesting too, like what's happening now, I think in the world and seeing um, people be really honest about what's going on with them, like younger people mentally, mentally and right. physically and saying that they need to kind of like step back for a minute. Um, I don't know that that's the generation that I come from and that's not how I was raised. You know, we, I was kind of brought up in the mindset that you're just gonna kind of smile and keep pushing forward. Um, and honestly, I think that that kind of mentality um, has helped me in some respects. And there are, there are times looking back on my life and my career that I pushed through things that I should not have, you know, I should have said right. time out way sooner than I did. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's interesting. It's like, I like to say that, I mean, hindsight is definitely 2020 for sure. And the older I get, <laughs> the more I wish uh, I could say, I'm always in tune and I'm always going to do the right thing for myself. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily true because there's always so many factors 
um, that go along with everything, right? I mean, there's the job, there's the money, there's the wanting to get hired, there's the right. You know, it's just it it just depends, you know. But I'm definitely always in tune with myself. Whether or not I choose to listen to it is probably a different answer, depending on what's right. happening and what the consequences of saying yes and saying no to myself are. Yeah. Wow. I will say this. I I'll say this, Eli. Yes. Like watching Stephen transition from from ballet to Broadway was an interesting was interesting because in the ballet world, like, you know, you, you perform one night, you maybe perform two or three times a week, like you're not and you don't even do the same pieces, those two sure, or three right. times, right. Um, and so you're there were courses like they're there, they take class, they rehearse, and, and then they show up and they're just like top of their game when you're a principal dancer at your city ballet. And then that same mindset transferred to eight shows a week is is hard. You know, it, it starts to take a toll. And I remember watching Stephen just like, really, he did not want to call out. You know, like he would just mm. like not call out and he would have these days of panic or anxiety. Um, you know, his body's hurting or he's just like nervous that he's going to, he, maybe he fell out of a turn and then he's like nervous it's going to happen again. And he, and he just would, he's a workhorse. He was just like, I'm not going to call right. out. And I think that it, that mentality, which I've seen a lot of people, you, you, you've seen people who are like, I'm not going to call out and it's, but why not? Like those sick days mm -hmm. and those personal days are there for a reason. And if, if it's a matter of you, like keeping yourself healthy and keeping the environment at work healthy so that, you know, versus like pushing yourself to the brink, you know, it's just, you, you wonder, you know, that motivating factor for people sometimes. And I used to try to give Stephen permission, like, it's okay. Like it's, you need a mental health day, like take the day. Yeah. Um, and that took, right. that took some time for him to get comfortable doing that. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know yeah. that in the beginning, yes, it definitely took a long time to figure that out. Um, yeah. It was a big transition. Hopefully, this, like now, like with things coming back after everything has happened with Simone Biles and everything's happened over the last right. year and a half, I, I hope it becomes a little more normal for people to be able to do things like that, you know. Or maybe it's not even about it being normal. I think, I think what because people call out, right? I mean, it's not people have yeah. have been calling out or taking care of themselves. I think it's more about the the fear and shame that kind of comes along with it. I think that at least right. I'm speaking for myself um, personally, it's like, well, I feel like I've failed or, you know what I mean? It's right. like or the judgment, right. That you put on yourself and that, that you put on other people putting on you, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, they're judging me because yeah. I didn't do it. And, <laughs> right. You know. No. Yeah. That, that's a very real thing, you know, especially like, I don't know, like when I like, again like I was always afraid like there was like a sense of fear to call out you know and like I was like never like sick so like obviously if I was sick I wouldn't want to like endanger anybody else but like if I was like hurt like my back still has like is affected from like the shows that I did mm -hmm. like because I was doing circus shows and then I was doing Finding Neverland which I was like running around on stage for two and a half hours so like it's like 
you, you don't know, like, especially as a kid where it's just like, oh, you know, like, it'll heal and it'll be okay. And then, like, you don't realize the effects that it does have. Like, and I feel like it's always, that's kind of like for everybody, not just for kids, because you're like, oh, I'm doing what I love. And if I call out, um, what if, like, the understudy doesn't know, isn't as comfortable with the show? And then that, like, will psych yeah. them out. And I don't want to put that pressure on them. So it's like, what am I doing to affect? Because it is, it's a ripple effect, mm -hmm. you know? Like, mm -hmm. it affects, it's a domino effect. Yeah. And it's like, what can I do to make it easier on everyone? And that's if I just like push through and then that's not easier on me. Right. So it's just like, I totally get that, that sense of, I guess, fear that comes along with it. And like you said, just like hoping that it does become more normal and yeah. it does become more talked about. And I think it is. So we're, we're slowly progressing. Yeah. <laughs> so too, I think slowly. like Patty Murin is like a huge, like, you know, she, I remember when yeah. she spoke out about calling out as, um, Anna in Frozen because she was having like a anxiety attack, you know, and that that was like yeah. one of the first times I feel like I saw a principal actually speak openly about like why she was calling out, you know. Um, yeah, and I think that's so. I, I do think it's becoming a more normal conversation, which is good. And I will say, totally, like, the transition, like the first show that I did was Billy Elliot, and towards the end of the run, because I had never done anything that long and that not much repetition by the end of the run I was having terrible anxiety like we would walk to the theater and I would just be like freaking out and mm -hmm. and it took me a while to kind of change that mindset again because I never had stage fright or fear about performing I mean of course I would get nervous about certain things but not like like totally like oh god like fright you know what I mean and right and so the next show that I did it took me a while to kind of like loosen up on stage again and just kind of enjoy it you know it, it took a right. lot of a lot of time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and going back to this like the Patty Muren speaking out I don't know if you guys remember the Ali Ewald situation um when she was in Phantom she like some person after a show was like messaging her posted something and she saw it and it was just like how like bashing her like she they didn't think that they did a good job and someone else was better and she herself was like oh my god I I, I can't perform like my anxiety is like off the charts right now and I need time to heal so she stepped away from Phantom for a little bit and then was able like when she was able to take care of herself finally was like, okay, I can go back and I can, I'm, I'm better. And if I wasn't like, if I was doing this and was doing the show, I would have like collapsed. Yeah. So like, it, it's totally like more and more recently you do see things like that. And I think that it is pivotal for our industry because I, I mean, in a way, like we do thrive off of the audience's enjoyment of the show and like you know like even that will keep us doing it like we're like oh no we want to hear that applause you know like it's an adrenaline rush and we want that feeling and so like it, yeah it's a very real thing I don't know yeah but that was something that popped into my head when you were talking about like yeah. people speaking I don't out remember that people. happening but I love Ali Ewan she's so good yeah right she's and she's also like the nicest person right like, and she does like not deserve any hate no. whatsoever no. like and and the thing is is that the way that she handled it was just so beautiful like you know like she didn't even like say anything back to it it was literally just like 
I am not well because of this. And she like didn't give her opinions or whatever. Like she didn't make any controversy over it. And she was just like, I need time to heal. And I hope you all will understand. And like, you know, like, and that like gives you even more respect for her. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Go off, Ali Ewald. Um, Huge shout out. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and um but i i do want to throw it back so we have like some i guess like our paths have crossed before we have some connection here so brett you were in chitty chitty bang bang on broadway yes and steven you are from pittsburgh pennsylvania yes and so my first show that I ever saw was the tour of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the Benidum Center at, in Pittsburgh CLO. Oh, and yeah. that's what got me into theater. So wow. I that's where like I'm from and that's where like I got my start at the PCLO. Um so like Brett and like Steven, I was like, Oh my god, this is that's a full circle. I can't yeah. wait to That's a great yes, I didn't right. realize you were from Pittsburgh. So I'm from Weirton, West Virginia. Okay. And so there's nothing in that town. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> everything that we do is in Pittsburgh, like the closest acting is there, the closest supermarket. <laughs> is there a theater still in Morgantown, West Virginia? Yes, but that's like four hours away. I'm oh. I'm only like twenty minutes from Pittsburgh. Oh, so like okay, I'm on like okay. the panhandle of West got it, Virginia. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So yeah, but no, Pittsburgh is like I literally say I save everyone a conversation and I'm like, oh, I'm from Pittsburgh. And because usually when I say I'm from West Virginia and they're like, oh, Richmond, Norfolk, like I'm like, no, that's Virginia. It's a different state, (laughs) but it's it's close enough. So I just say I'm from Pittsburgh. But yeah, so it was like a full circle moment. And I have to say, like, Brett, I've always wanted to. Since that was the first production that I ever saw, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I always wanted to see that show on Broadway. So when I saw that you were in it on Broadway, I was like, oh, my God, I have to talk to him about it. Because I, I don't know. Who, remind me who you played again. I was in the Chitty? ensemble. You were in the ensemble? Yeah, but I was in the ensemble. It was your Broadway debut. It was my Broadway debut. It was, yes. And I was in the ensemble with some, like, with, like, Robin Herter, who's now nominated for Tony. Oh, and then like there's some amazing people in the ensemble Karen like Karen Giovanni who's now on like NCIS this guy Craig Ramsey who is a personal trainer to like huge Hollywood celebrities now <laughs> Emily Fletcher who has built this like meditation empire called Ziva Meditation um, oh Tim God. Federley who's like the showrunner oh my God for um, High School Musical the musical the he's series. a pittsburgh guy he's he's, pittsburgh. And we grew yeah. up together yeah <laughs> oh no way yeah they knew each other as oh my kids, god yeah. which is crazy because 
I'd done that show with Tim and then Tim and I also did The Little Mermaid together. And when I was doing Little Mermaid was when Steven and I started dating. And I remember I was in the dressing room and I was like, I'm dating this guy, his name's Steven Hanna. And Tim's like, Steven Hanna from Pittsburgh, you know? <laughs> oh my God. So That's it's kind of crazy. And then like Jan Maxwell was the lead and uh, was the the Baroness and Mark Kudish and Raul Esparza. Oh like Mark Chip Zion. Chip Zion, who was a legend. Um, uh, Robbie, uh, I was a star study. It was. It, That's insane. It was insane, and I and and then of course all those kids, you know, because there were like thirteen kids and nine dogs or something, and, um, <laughs> and a flying car <laughs> down in the underneath the uh, stage in that little, you know, you know where the warm up room was for Paramore. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was there? Oh, was like the yeah. There was a warm up room there for on the town too. Okay, okay. Um, you know, and I was so green. It was my first Broadway show, and I was just so and excited. Jillian Lynn was the Jillian Lynn was the barber who did Cats, you know. And oh, my God. Phantom. So she was Come a on. legend. Who directed it? Um, Adrian Noble, who ran the Royal Shakespeare Company at the time. Wow. Um, so it was like a legendary like, yeah. experience <laughs> that I, at the time, was just, like, so excited to be on Broadway that I just, like... Um, but those, but some of those kids. So you know, I was like even talking to you. I just always think about those those Broadway kids because I most of my shows on Broadway had kids in them because I did yeah. Chitty, I did Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Um, and so I was always surrounded by those Broadway kids, and you know, and we know all the same Wranglers. And then he did you know Billy Elliot, and some of those kids moved over yes. to Billy Elliot, and um, of course. Uh, yeah, so it was it was definitely an Im impactful show for me to to do that as my first Broadway show. It, it didn't run that long, but um, yeah, which is like crazy after you just named the cast. I know, right? <laughs> right. I'm like, what? Know, what is I going know. on here? Something <laughs> didn't line up. Mm -mm. But yeah, that's incredible. I will never forget the the moment that I realized that I wanted to do this was when okay so very bizarre in chitty on tour uh they auditioned new kids every state for like local hires as orphans oh. and so my sister was one of the orphans so we were like oh my god this is like a huge event my sister's making her like stage debut so we sat in the front row and i don't know if they did this on broadway but the two like comic reliefs i guess you would say of the show would like come in on like swimming like you know those rafts of like ducks or whatever and whatever so they would like come in on those in the front row and they were like right there in front of me and literally they were talking and i turned to my mom and like stopped watching the show and was like that I want to be him so bad and I'll never forget like how Chitty Chitty Bang Bang which is like a show that people are like that was like that's what changed your life and I was like yes okay like it did I loved I don't know there was something about it and like uh, I don't know it was just I'm talking about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang like I'm talking about like Wicked you know <laughs> like I don't know it's just like it, it, it's one of those shows that just like means so much to you you know uh -huh. and you like could go on and on for days about but yeah when i saw that i was like i'm so excited yeah. and then i was like steven's from pittsburgh <laughs> and so yeah. i was like this is crazy how this is all lining up so steven did you like 
both of you, I guess. I mean, like, Brett, you're from Texas and you're, um, Stephen, you're from Pennsylvania. Like, how did you guys make your way to New York? Was it to work or was it kind of just like, I'm going to go and I'm going to see if I can work? Well, I, um, you know, I, so talking about Pittsburgh CLO, I was a munchkin mm-hmm. in the Wizard of Oz with Rigby yes. many, yes. many, 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 many years ago. Um, I also did some plays at uh, Pittsburgh Public Theater. But anyways, I, I, um, you know, like I said, you know, I saw this Baryshnikov video and I was kind of like, well, that's what I want to do. You know, I, I did do the musical theater and I was doing some acting as well as a kid. Um, but then I kind of just got hooked into this, into ballet. And um, mm. I auditioned for the School of American Ballet when I was 12. And I went to SAB for the summer. And I remember that summer, they were also doing Oliver at CLO. And I had audition for Oliver. And, you know, I got to be one of the, you know, orphans or what are they? What are they? Are they orphans? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I got, you know, offered the show. And, and, but so I chose to go to SAB instead. And I ended up staying in New York that year. And I lived in New York ever since from the seventh grade on. So that was kind of my path. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I joined the New York city ballet my junior year in high school. What? (laughs) How long were you with the New York city ballet? Um, for like 13 years. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it was like more recent than like seventh grade view. I was like, yeah, yeah. From 97 to 2010. Yeah. And then I, I, yeah. So I went back and forth from Billy Elliot and the ballet for a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. That's insane. Yeah. Did you move like with your fam or did, was it kind of just like you? and No, I lived in dorms. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the Rose Building, um, which is in Lincoln Center, the big white building in the back yeah. on the right. And there are dorms in there where Juilliard students live and SAB students live. And I lived there for probably almost four years before I got my own apartment. That's crazy. That's insane. insane. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. That's incredible. Good for you. It was like meant to be. (laughs) Brett, what about you? I, you know, I I went to college, my first two years of college at University of Oklahoma and Norman, Oklahoma. And I don't know, my sophomore year, things were, I, I worked summer stock. I worked professionally right out of high school. And then between my, I mean, I worked professionally every summer, but all through college, uh-huh. but I was like, what am I doing in Oklahoma? Like I want to be in New York. And I remember I just, we tell the story. I had this teacher. <laughs> Do you want to hear the story? Yes. I want to hear the story. My sophomore year, they hired, they, they hired a new teacher at the program. Now she's not there anymore. And the program has improved drastically since this woman but was just there. tell the story about the auditioning the and just she, the auditioning story. but it was like okay. i showed up at this musical theater she was teaching her musical theater audition class and she came in and she said you should always show up late to an audition and tell them you're coming from a gig what? and then when you when you come into the room you should put your music down on the piano but don't talk to the pianist just put your music down come into the room say hey you know i'm brett sorry i'm late i'm coming from a gig look at the pianist and then count them in a one a two a one two three four then you should pick a letter from the alphabet and you should stage your song on that letter so if you're you know singing a song you should if you say you pick the letter t you would walk down stage and maybe walk a little stage right no right 
so then our assignment was to like pick a letter from the alphabet and sing our song. And I remember, and then when you're done, just grab your music and say, got a gig, got to go. Oh my God. Everything we you should practicing, not do. Yeah. Everything you should not do. You, we were practicing this in a class for an audition musical theater class. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? So that we just say the lowercase eyes. Oh, and do. then we used to make fun of it. Like somebody picked a lowercase I and they would sing their song and walk down stage and then hop. Um, so I, that's when I was like, I'm getting out of here. And I looked at transferring colleges and I transferred to a liberal arts school in New York city called Wagner college. Oh my God. This was in college. This yes. Oh Isn't that the best God. story ever? I, oh I love that story. Still, I mean, we've been married for 10 years and together longer and I just love it. It's that's, like, it, I mean, oh, it was pretty incredible. It was rough. It yeah. was rough. So I was like, get me out of here. Transferred to Wagner college. Best decision I ever made. I made some, lifelong friends there and oh. got some amazing experiences and i got my equity card right out of college at paper mill playhouse and as you should um, period and <laughs> stayed in new york and i've and i worked ever since and i was super grateful for it yeah oh, well that is that's amazing and i mean i mean hello eight broadway shows four broadway shows later like I, yeah. it's worked out right i yeah, mean nyb like come on you guys are killing it that's amazing and i mean now i do want to talk to you about the podcast too and just like just everything that you're doing there i mean you've made even when you're like I, oh yeah wait actually let me let me ask this first because this is the ultimate question i mean you guys are both actors obviously right and obviously a lot of times schedules do not line up like you were talking about earlier but when we are in like a normal setting like how often are you guys able to see each other and how are you able to make a podcast on top of like the little time that you probably get to see each other it was definitely harder before the pandemic because we were going into the studio we'd have to figure out when oh. we were in the studio we'd have to line up other people to meet right. us there but also like steven you know like if we booked jobs and go out of town we'd have to be like oh shoot we better like record like three or four episodes before you leave because then we're not going to be together for three or four weeks and the same thing is with our instagram like we got to figure out how to create content all the time because Steve, Steven books a job out of town or one of us has to go out of town like that. Cause you know, that's the life of an actor. It's like you book something, you got to go. Right. Um, so we're always trying to kind of keep, stay ahead of it, which is we're not, sometimes we're great at and sometimes we're not. Um, but you just have to kind of make the time. You got to kind of force yourself to be like, okay, we, you, we have a deadline and our audience is waiting for this. And you know, if, if we want to take care of our audience, we want to, we want to stay consistent, then we just have to kind of force ourselves to do these things sometimes. And then sometimes mm -hmm. it's super easy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, great. We can do this on Monday and Tuesday. And yeah. And sometimes, you know, you know, we like to have, you know, um, guest couples um, who are in the industry. Yeah. So that's always challenging to get their schedules and right. lined up. But then once we get them lined up, it all works out. And then a lot of times what we'll do is we'll do episodes with just the two of us and we'll 
sometimes we have brilliant ideas or we think that they're brilliant ideas or topics to discuss. And other times we kind of just are like, we got to record an episode. Let's go. What are we going to talk about? You know? Um, and those and are usually the ones that do yeah, better. <laughs> some of those are actually really great because we haven't actually premeditated it too much. And we are kind of just talking about whatever's kind of on our mind. Um, but you just kind of have to do it right. It's like the yeah. more this happened, you know, this content creation, it's like, you just have to do it. And sometimes it's, you know, it works out really well. And other times it's not, you know, maybe not as received as well, but you just have to keep being consistent and keep just doing it is really what it's all about. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys have literally like, like you said earlier, like you guys have been able to make a living off of like advertisements and like your branding and Instagram and stuff like that. So like you guys are doing so many incredible things that are obviously working out and people are enjoying that content so like kudos on you guys and on top of that you guys are doing like jobs like you know like eight shows a week and it's like it's just like i'm i'm blown away i'm blown away you guys are incredible you guys are so talented I appreciate you guys fitting me into your schedule. <laughs> um, so everyone go check out Broadway Husbands. And uh, yeah, it's it's been so great talking to you guys and getting to know you all too. You too, yeah, Eli. You too. Eli. Thank oh, you for having us. Yes, of course. Take a bow, Brett Chuford and Stephen Hanna. Yay! <laughs> I always forget to do that, so I was so happy that I remembered. <laughs> Take about Brett and Steven. I cannot thank them enough for doing this. This was a blast. I, I, I know we jumped around a lot from like topic to topic and it may have been a little tricky to follow, but I, you know, things were coming up naturally that I was kind of like, oh, we'll stick with it. And then um, I had to jump back to things that they were talking about earlier because it wasn't as natural and I would have had to bring it back further and then bring another topic back. I don't know. It was just, it was kind of tricky to navigate. They said so many things that I wanted to talk about. So, um, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. It was so much fun to talk to them. I'm so glad that like, you know, the Pittsburgh roots came in the chitty chitty bang bang discussion discussion of Steven and his dancing and everything like that was very fascinating to me. I think it's because like, I don't know much about that side. So just to talk about it a little bit more and to understand it a little bit more was very exciting for me. Um, and of course, Brett, I mean, talking to him, eight Broadway shows, come on. Um, that's, that's pure talent, right? I mean, and um, yeah, and they're, they're just doing like, the way that they've been able to stay creative and stay afloat during this pandemic has been really, really inspiring. So uh, congrats, Stephen and Brett, for uh, for doing all the things. You're making it work no matter what you do in your life. And that's like and, and you continue to stay positive and happy. So that's really impressive. Um, Brett's a life coach. I mean, come on, that's that's fascinating in itself. So. And, and then, of course, they have their own podcast. So everyone check it out on Broadway Podcast Network. You can check it out on all the podcast platforms. You can also pro you can also check it out on the BPN app. You can also check it out on their Instagram and just follow them on Instagram at the Broadway Husbands or Brett Schuford or Stephen Hanna, um, their individual accounts. Um, but they, they post some very exciting and inspiring stuff, all to put, like, smiles on people's faces and – it really, it, it's truly amazing what they do and um, and how they just go about it because, yeah, they're making money off of it and they're doing so many great things, but it, it doesn't 
it, you know those things where it's like oh it kind of feels like they're forcing it on us and whatnot it's not like that and and it's like oh another ad from these guys it's like no like it, it's fun stuff andrew keenan bolger is actually the same way they do a really good t- job of monetizing their their content their content and their uh their instagram and social media and whatnot um so huge thank you to the broadway husbands for joining me this episode uh this episode it was a blast to talk to you guys um yeah, just so many great things, so many lessons to learn from both of them and just how they've managed the whole pandemic, but also how they manage as two working actors in the industry and dancers. Um, and just their stories are there. It was just all very fascinating. And may I just touch on uh, what we talked a little bit about in the episode where um, actors are often uh, fearful to call out of shows you know even when you are on Broadway and you have made it to the highest tier in the musical theater industry there's still a sense of oh I need to prove myself and oh I need to do this and oh I need to stand out and oh I need to be better and oh I need to figure out how I can stand out to be cast in another show and to further my career and continue to work and continue to stay with this job when really it's it's all about it's more so about we will be able to do that if we loosen up and be ourselves and we will be able to stay stand out and um kind of make a name for ourselves if we go about our business the way that we should you know and like it's 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 human it's a human thing to just be like oh you know like i'm fearful of this to um let down my company and everything um like we talked with steven and brett about um but really in reality when you are able to take control of the situation and you're allowed to uh give yourself if it takes a day it's two and a half hours it's gonna be okay like it's okay to call out for two and a half hours. It's a show, you know, there's going to be another one tomorrow. And I'd rather you be 100% tomorrow than like 80% tonight. And then you're going to be 70% tomorrow, because you're going to be even more rundown. So that two and a half hours really does make a difference in calling out and taking care of your bodies, taking care of your mental state, taking care of your emotional state, taking care of your voice, whatever it may be. That is such a um, common stress that a lot of people do. And especially during that like, you know, preview time where it's like, oh my God, all of these people are coming to watch me and we've just opened the show and I've just recorded a cast album and I'm doing press 24 seven and I'm doing all these things, but I wanna continue performing because that's my chance at a Tony nomination or a Drama Desk nomination or whatever it may be. So we push ourselves even more and more and every show we just like drain ourselves more and more. And that is something that's not always talked about. And I was so thankful for Steven and Brett to bring that up today because it reminded me of so many situations um, of my experience in Mary Poppins, in Finding Neverland, in Pippin, in all of these shows. Um, It just reminded me of, wow, like what I did and kind of now what I've lived with because of those decisions and because of those experiences and the shows that I've had. So really thankful for them to bring that up. And it's such a true statement. I really hope that it does get 
uh, talked about more and it kind of is brought to light. And I hope that audience members become more understanding and then there isn't this added pressure for actors and performers to go out and do it every night and um, hopefully more understanding from audience members as this mental health and the physical state and just taking care of yourselves becomes more normalized, which is so bizarre to say out loud, but it, but it's true. So thank you to Brett and Steven for an amazing episode and for bringing that up. I thought it was very important. I loved what they had to say about uh, both that and, of course, the dancer's life um, with Steven. It was just so fascinating. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I got a lot out of it, so I hope you did too. So yeah, just thank you both for joining us, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I know the intro was quite long. So we didn't really get to do any of the fun segments, such as the news segment, um, such as the drama dictionary segment, such as the triple E segment. None of those were in this week's episode, but they will be back very, very soon because I will not be blabbering about my week the way I was. I was just too excited because it was like the first time in too long. Um, and I wanted to share it with you guys. So um, I figured I it would be just as fun to share that stuff as it was for those segments. And hopefully you guys won't have to listen to me rant for uh, another half hour next week. So um Thank you all for listening this week. I know it was a little bit of a long one, but I appreciate you all listening and I appreciate all of your support throughout the way. Go check out patreon.com slash TAB because we have some incredible content coming out soon. You can hang out with me on Zoom. You can do all kinds of fun things. You can get video access to podcasts. Uh, you can get free merchandise. You can do a, a bunch of things and you get coupons for merchandise and, and everything. So, Check it out, patreon.com slash TAB. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully working closer with you all if, if you join, if you become a patron. And you will see also have some cl- a closer look of all of this content that I've been consuming the past week. And it's been it's been incredible. And I can't wait to share it with you all. So that being said, thank you all for listening. And uh, I'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.